Good morning. Today is Tuesday, August 10th, 2021. Alpi Shnayim Edim Yakum Davar. By the testimony of two witnesses, the fact is established. This is a foundational principle in Jewish civil law as well as Jewish criminal law that comes from our Parsha, the Parsha of Shoftim. And two witnesses establish something in court as a fact. However, not just any two witnesses. The witnesses must be Sherim. They must be people who are known to be honest, or at the very least, not known to be dishonest. They must be people who have no relationship to either person involved in the dispute and no ulterior motive. There can be no benefit to the person for testifying. It must be purely objective. What happens when two witnesses come and say that this happened and another two witnesses come and say, no, it didn't happen this way, it happened that way? That's called Edim Hamachishim Zeadzeh, contradictory testimony. And the law is, the Talmud explains, we discard both. We ignore both sets of witnesses. And unless we have some other kind of evidence or testimony, we're left without any kind of proof. That, by the way, is a very insightful principle because... As we know today, through a tremendous amount of research, eyewitness testimony is not very reliable. In fact, today, the legal world recognizes eyewitness testimony as the least reliable type of evidence. A shockingly high number of people who have been convicted of capital crimes, for example, the United States, where this study was done years ago, a shockingly high number of them who were later found to be innocent, who were convicted, put in prison, and later found to be innocent, they were exonerated, a shockingly high number of them were prosecuted and found guilty on the basis of eyewitness testimony. Okay, so... As I mentioned just a moment ago, Jewish law has a number of qualifications for the eyewitness testimony of who can testify, and they have to give a warning, and they have to see the actual event. So it's much more encompassing, but still, it's not the most reliable kind of evidence. And therefore, when two witnesses say that this happened, and another two witnesses say, no, it, it didn't happen that way, no one necessarily did anything wrong because it is possible for more than one person to see the same thing and to have a different understanding, a different judgment about what actually happened. That is possible. We know that's possible. So nothing happens to these witnesses. Just because they are contradicted, we just say, go home. We don't punish them because it could very well be that no one did anything wrong. They really thought that's what they saw, and they could still be mistaken. But then our Parsha gives a specific case 
of Edim Zomimim. Edim Zomimim, witnesses who are trying to frame the defendant, is different than two sets of witnesses that contradict each other. In the case of Edim Zomimim, also in our Parsha, two witnesses come to the court and they say, this person committed this crime on this and this day in this place. And then two other witnesses come and they say, we don't know if the defendant committed this crime or not. But we do know that these two witnesses could not have witnessed it because they were with us in a different place on that day. In this case, the second set of witnesses is not testifying that they saw it differently. They're testifying that the first witnesses are trying to frame the defendant who is actually, who they don't even know whether he's innocent. They're not testifying about the action. They're testifying about the other witnesses. And here the Torah says something that is unique in the entire Torah. The Torah says, we do to those witnesses what they wanted to do to the defendant. In other words, two witnesses come and they testify, we saw Ruvain uh, lend money to Shimon and therefore Shimon owes money. And the second set of witnesses come and say, no, we don't know if Shimon owes the money. All we know is these first witnesses could not have testified about this, could not have seen it because they were with us in another place. Kashazama means we do to the first witnesses what they tried to have done to the defendant. In this case, they tried to have the defendant, Shimon, pay money. They, the witnesses, have to pay the same amount of money. Or if it was a punishment, a crime for which the punishment is corporal punishment, or even if it's a punishment, a crime where the punishment is capital punishment. We do to the witnesses what they tried to have happen to the defendant. Nowhere else in the Torah is the punishment that a court gives related to the type of crime that they committed. But there's a detail in Jewish law that is absolutely fascinating. The Talmud says that this rule that we do to the first witnesses what they tried to do to the defendant in this specific case of Adim Zomimim, where the second witnesses are not testifying about the event, they're testifying about the first witnesses. This only applies that we do to the first witnesses what they wanted to have done to the defendant if the court had not yet ruled against the defendant. If the court had listened to the first witnesses and issued a ruling that the defendant was guilty, and then two witnesses came and said, you could not be with, you could not have testified because you were with us. In that case, we do not give this punishment of doing to the first witnesses what they wanted to accomplish. There's a different punishment. This applies only when their testimony was unsuccessful, where the second witnesses came before the court reached a decision. Only when their sin 
was exclusively verbal. They testified, they said words, but their words were not acted upon. And this is a tremendously important lesson. The consequence of words based on intent is as strong as actions in their ability to hurt, God forbid, likewise in their ability to help. It is not true the way most of us think that words are ephemeral, that they don't cause real harm. No, the Torah insists. We do to the witnesses what they tried to have done by their words alone. The same thing they tried to have done to the defendant. We always read this portion in the weeks just before Rosh Hashanah, during the month of Elul, where we find ourselves today. In a sense, this parsha is an introduction to the High Holidays. Because if you don't absorb this, then how can you feel that your words have the power to reach God in prayer on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur? How can you fulfill the dictum of our sages based on the words, Dear Shu Hashem Behimatso, seek out God when he is near? Well, this is the time when God is near. But how can you seek him out if you don't incorporate within yourself, if you don't absorb, if you don't internalize that your words in prayer, in this case, have power? They can cause tremendous harm, and they can also cause tremendous good. Today, we do not apply Jewish criminal law because we do not have the Sanhedrin, the great court in Jerusalem, which we will only have when the Beit HaMikdash, the Holy Temple, is rebuilt in Jerusalem. Criminal law is not applicable. And so this mitzvah in our parsha of Edim Zomimim, of doing to the witnesses what they wanted to have done to the defendant, we don't apply this rule today. But the lesson that comes from it is relevant to every single one of us. Our words are as strong as our actions. They have as great an impact, perhaps even more. And if we can hold on to that, it is the prerequisite to being able to have a meaningful high holiday season. My friends, I want to wish you a great day. And I look forward to seeing all of you soon in person.